0: Welcome to Embrace the Unexpected with your host, Bernadette Butler. In this program, you'll learn how Bernadette and her guests were able to turn what seemed to be a negative into a positive lesson that they can teach others and give hope. Now, here is Bernadette Butler.
1: Breathe. Breathe on me the breath of life. It lifts and restores. Breathe your eternal life in me, O Lord. Breathe on me. Let the aroma of your loving fragrance take over me. You are glorious. You are wonderful, powerful creator, Almighty God. Breathe on me. Welcome to Embrace the Unexpected. I'm your host, Bernadette Butler. My guest tonight, hopefully one can join us later, Uh, Right now, we have Reverend Hunt. He is the pastor of Heritage Congregational Church in Berea, Ohio. And also later, hopefully to join us, Reverend Ron Thomas. He is the assistant pastor at Heritage Congregational Church. For right now, we're with uh, Reverend Hunt. Welcome, Reverend Hunt, uh, to Embrace the Unexpected. To start off, could you... Tell me a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, uh, <laughs> I was ordained as a, as a pastor back in 1969, so that tells you how old I am. have <laughs> <laughs> been in it for a long time, uh, studied at uh, Moody Bible Institute and Liberty University and Masters International School of Divinity. Uh, that's where I got my doctorate. I've uh, been in ministry uh, <clears throat> for a long time with Youth for Christ, <clears throat> with uh, uh, radio stations, and with uh, school systems. I was a school administrator as an athletic director for almost 18 years.
1: Uh, Reverend Hunt, I'm, I'm getting a message that they have Reverend Thomas on hold. Hello, Reverend Ron.
3: Hey, Bernadette, how are you doing?
1: Good, I can hear you good and clear, too. Uh, so I, can hear I you. just so we're good. Yes, I think you caused this trouble. You're a troublemaker. I we
3: knew <laughs> that. You, well, you invited
1: me anyway. You knew that going in. <laughs> See, Reverend, Hunt, he he can not do nothing in the order. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we knew that. We still love him. <laughs>
1: Jesus. <Hey, thanks>. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, Reverend Rod, uh, uh, share a little bit about yourself.
3: Well. I um, actually had no intention of being in the ministry when I was younger. I wanted to be a research astronomer, and it became very apparent during my college career that that was not going to happen. Uh, you talk about the unexpected. My entire life has been unexpected. I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I got out of high school. I've had like four jobs since then, and none of them, none of them have been that. Um when I got out of Baldwin-Wallace, I worked as a teacher in the Cleveland Public Schools for seven years. I spent five years uh, teaching uh, junior high school math and science at Central Junior High School on East 40th Street, and then two years as a, research, or as a uh, teacher at the Cleveland Museum of Natural History, where I would take the students through on their field trips. Uh, after that, I moved up to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and became a curator of education at the public museum up there. For about four years, and then came back down to Ohio and got into computers. Where uh, I worked for a few software firms, and spent the last twenty-three years working uh, in the uh, Center for Pathology Informatics at Cleveland Clinic, and retired about four years ago. Uh, in 2008, I got the uh, twenty right around there. I got the nudge to enter the ministry and began, uh studying online for Masters International School of Divinity and got my degree in uh, February 2013 and was then ordained through the Ohio Association of Congregational Christian Churches and Heritage Church in uh, October of uh, 2013. So I'm fairly late-comer to the ministry.
1: Well, you say that, but we know you uh, in the church, and between uh, you and uh, Reverend Hunt, we are well-taught because i know it but share it with the audience that wasn't your idea either was it
2: oh no 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 no
1: <laughs> certainly
2: <laughs> not because <clears throat> uh i when i graduated from high school um i wanted to be a doctor and that was my intention and my mother kept saying you're you're not going to be a doctor the lord has something else for you i said well I'm not listening to what the Lord has to say. I'm going to be a doctor. And so I I went to Youngstown State in pre-med. And uh, within two years, uh, um, I was impressed upon to follow what the Lord has to say. Because I I ran into nothing but trouble. I I was involved in a lot of different things at Youngstown State. And um, the Lord, he and I argued. (laughs) <laughs> literally <laughs> it came down to one week where i said okay lord i am not coming back to church i'm leaving i'm going to go to church on sunday i'm going go to sunday school and then i'm walking out the door and um as i as i opened the doors and walked into the vestibule there was my pastor and i said good morning pastor i think the lord's calling me in the ministry <laughs> it started from there on and on it that was back in 1960s 1960 early spring 1969 yeah that's what it was
1: so, so. uh it, we all uh have those uh unexpected things in our lives and uh sometimes we anticipate what we expect and most times, especially for believers, it's the unexpected that the Lord is um, moving you towards. And so I know that um, I know a little bit about some of the uh, things, but uh, at times, you know, as a member in a, in the church, uh, we don't really uh uh, see our pastors as uh people as we are and uh and so at times we forget that uh y- you go through circumstances and um uh, struggles just like the rest of us and that's why we're to pray for each other and Please. and so uh with uh you uh reverend hunt uh I know, uh, uh, that your, uh, wife, uh, has her struggles, phys- physical struggles mm-hmm. and, and that, um, uh, was that unexpected? How do, how do you deal with that? And as a pastor, how, how does that, how do you work, uh, with that, a pastor knowing the word and, and express and experience those up and down emotions?
2: Well, just just like when we're preaching from from the pulpit, the same thing I tell the congregation to do. We I rely heavily upon prayer. I rely heavily upon other people in fellowship and in praying for us. And uh, we have a lot of support. The Lord Himself says, "I will never leave you nor forsake you," and uh, that is put to the test. For us, not every day, it's every hour of every day because my wife is in constant pain um, 24-7. Sometimes she'll wake up in the middle of the night uh, because she's in tremendous pain. Um, And that is the kind of thing that when she is in pain, I am in pain also because you want to do something. You want to relieve her. You want to... Uh, alleviate that for her, and that sometimes this, the stress is that I, there's nothing that I can do to take that away, and um, the Lord gives us the the wherewithal and the strength to go through, um, because we've we've come to the understanding from Him a long time ago. That this was not going to be taken away, but this is something we are going to need to go through, and uh, so we've we've been dealing with it for a long time. She is she is on disability now, and um, in uh, a motorized wheelchair. And and the amazing thing is the Lord has given her strength that is beyond belief. That is amazing. It really helps me to do ministry because. Um, she is not a complainer she is the doer and very very few things that she's really held back you know there's some things she can't do anymore but she's an amazing lady
1: uh reverend ron i know that you're walking through that uh with your you and your wife with your daughter so Mm -hmm. uh Tell us uh, how the same question in in about how do you uh, grasp that? How do you handle all of that? Plus, you're you're human. That's your emotions too.
3: Well, it, it, um, we are not certainly not in, anywhere near the situation of, of gravity that uh, Linda Hunt is in, but uh, she has had some issues with uh, abdominal and pelvic pain for about the last three years. Uh, we thought we had the solution. Uh, we thought it. And it turned out that it didn't. She had an operation back last fall, which worked for about three months, and now it's back again. so now they're thinking that it is not endometriosis but uh chronic pelvic pain. so she has an appointment in a couple of weeks to see a doctor about that. so we are at least at the point where we think there may be some final you know some real answers but uh for two years, there was like, well, it's this, and it's that, and it's diet, and it's everything else and the frustration was that nothing worked. Uh, the only consolation, I didn't even call it a consolation, but the only thing that got me through was knowing that the Lord was behind this and that not in terms of causing it, but that he was supporting me and, and her. And she just kept on trooping through it. She was in, she'd been paying 24 seven for most of two, the last couple, of three years, just this situation with Linda. And, uh, she, Handles it. She does what she has to do. And, uh, we are hoping that we finally reach a solution on that. But it it is, you know, if I didn't have the faith that I have in what God has promised, it would be very difficult to get uh, through what we've been going through. Uh, much more for her than for me. But, uh, it's been a constant effort to continue to rely on that when one thing after another would out not to be the solution after they told us that they were 100% sure that it was, uh, that's about that's what I can contribute.
1: Well, um, and the congregation, how with the congregation uh, praying for you and uh, and knowing this, how does that make you feel? Because everybody is not. Even some pastors, they don't like to express what's going on personally because they like to look like uh, uh, they're these super people that, oh, I got a handle on the problem until it kind of explode for them. So in, in being real with your congregation, how does that help you in ex- able to express yourself to the congregants?
2: Well, what helped we me, that.
3: Is this you, congregation you said it that we I,
2: have. I love the these people. Said,
3: they are among the most loving group of folks I have ever met. Uh, they're all believers. They all know that God will answer prayers, and they do some serious praying. And that is a tremendous comfort to know that that group of godly people, and friends and family, as a matter of fact, church family, are behind me is a huge, huge support. I have no problem with telling people what's going on with my in uh, in you know personal situations like that, I'm not Superman. My blue shirt with the red S on it has been in the wash for years, and I never did get it out. So I don't I don't wear that. But uh, it is a huge help to to have that kind of support.
1: And and what were you saying, uh, Reverend Hunt? What what was your response to that?
2: Well, it's you you said it at the beginning, uh, and that is <laughs> pastors are human beings, and. The, the sooner we admit that, <laughs> the further off we'll better off we're going to be because uh, we we rely upon prayer, um, just like we we preach from the pulpit, you know, about prayer and being staying in a in a in a prayerful life and heritage has become known for that uh, as a praying church and that that when we pray. Um, we, we know that the Lord is, is answering our prayers and the Lord is coming alongside because that's what he's promised the the Holy Spirit is the one who comes alongside he is the comforter and Ephesians 3 says that he encourages us and empowers us in the inner person so man I, I'll tell you what uh, that has come alive for me and for my wife that we rely upon that and when we know that people are are praying for us, it it strengthens us, and that's that is what the church is all about. That's called fellowship. When we share um, both the good things that we have going for each other, and also when we're in difficulty, that we cannot be afraid to share the when we're in difficulty, um, because if we do, then that's not real fellowship. <laughs> If you know if we if we don't start sharing, you know experiences that we have, fellowship is not just sitting down to a meal.
1: Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now (laughs) we're going to take a break and uh, hope you're enjoying this. We'll be right back uh, with Reverend Tom uh, Thomas and uh, Reverend Hunt. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: If your organization is looking for a dynamic speaker who presents life issues in a down-to-earth fashion, contact Bernadette Butler, author of Living with Autism. At her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Bernadette's life experiences and love of God will give a lift and hope to all who hear her. While on her site, you can find out about her books, videos, words of praise, joy and love, and many more resources. Visit Bernadette's site today at BeButlerTheAuthor.com. In her recent release, Living with Autism, God, Me, and Melvin, from Page Publishing, Author Bernadette Butler creates an autobiographical account of the joys and challenges of raising a child with a developmental disorder, autism, and the profound strength she derived from her faith throughout the journey, from the beginnings to changes in her son's behavior, silence, diagnosis, and the outcome overall. Get your copy of Bernadette's story at Amazon.com or directly from her website at butlertheauthor.com. Have you become a member yet?
1: You're listening to Black Friday, every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow. Evolve. Change.
0: You are listening to Embrace the Unexpected with Bernadette Butler. If you'd like to reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or to reach Bernadette Butler directly, send her a message at her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Now back to Embrace the Unexpected.
1: Okay, we're back. So um, often uh, we misunderstand the message in in the circumstance, uh, the growth that is happening in us. And so how, how do you focus, could you share for all of us, uh, believers and non-believers, how do you focus on God to seek that understanding that's happening without focusing on the circumstances, uh, Reverend Hunt first?
2: Yeah, one of the things I found out, if you focus on the circumstances, um, you're going to get lost in that in the circumstance it's going to overwhelm you um, into thinking that that is the only thing that exists that it's it's my pain, it is my circumstance, it is my difficulty and and it becomes so overwhelming but when we begin sharing it, then it it becomes a circumstance that that is shared by the church. Also, the Lord, um, works with us in our difficulties. We be actually become stronger. Our faith is, is, is tested beyond that which we thought we, we, we could handle. Um, the Lord makes us stronger and stronger and stronger, and my faith becomes much more solid, uh, because I know that he is with me in all kinds of circumstances and i i know that when i am weak he, is, he his his strength uh is uh, uh exalted and I, I i know that uh i i become stronger as an individual because i know that the lord is with me um and scripturally speaking uh, we're never promised that we won't go through difficulties I mean, if that were so then Paul wouldn't wouldn't have said he he prayed three times for the thorn in the flesh to be taken from him. And the Lord's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, And boy, we have found that that is so true that even through the the midst of the most difficult times, uh, that we know for a fact that the Lord is there and he is strengthening us and... And making us a, a better person, um, even in the light of all the difficulties that we go through.
1: Reverend Ron, the same question.
3: It um, it's pretty much what Pastor Pat had said. You have to have the focus. And back in my younger days, I did not, and the Lord had to hit me upside the head with a celestial two by four to get my attention, basically. Uh, I was going off in directions of things that I wanted to do. Not, nothing simple. You know, I wanted to pursue a career in music. I wanted to do some other things. And that wasn't where God wanted me to be. So, of course, he didn't let that happen. And after I finally realized that, you know, struggling against that wasn't the answer and trying to find out where he wanted me to go, he led me in the direction that he wanted me to go and that's what's led me to where I am now. And I'm, I'm I'm as confident as I can be that I am in God's will here doing what I'm doing, but it's a matter of paying attention. You, 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 you know, God said, you know, I said repeatedly, he will not forsake us. We will not be alone. Uh, if you follow my will, then I will support you. And sometimes when we get out of line, he kind of has to nudge us back with varying degrees of force. And uh, that's, basically what I've learned is that when you see circumstances, you need to look for where God is directing you in those circumstances. Make that be the overriding issue rather than the circumstance itself. Cause if we are in a really bad circumstance and you focus entirely on that, you'll despair, obviously. But if you know that God is still behind you, no matter how bad things may look, then that is the way that you get through it. And, you know, as I said, we're still getting through this thing with Lauren and, uh, Confident that it will resolve itself, but uh, you need to have the focus to be on God rather than on the circumstances, as Pastor Pat had said.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it, uh, in the in my book, uh, living with autism, uh, I don't, uh, I know Reverend Hunt read it. I'm, I don't know if you read it, Reverend Ron, but. In reading that, you saw how many jobs, different experiences that I had, and each time he led me in that direction, I thought that that was the uh, direction that I was supposed to go. And so when I had that last experience with being an elected official and then, you know, two terms, and then California State Woman of the Year. I mean, okay, and people saying, we we want you to run for state uh, office, and then all of a sudden it went away. And I was like, uh, you had me going this way. Now that's gone, what am I supposed to do? And now with all else that have con- uh, uh, progressed in uh, in teachings in my life and no, I always try to go one way and he take me another. And I guess he wanted to make sure I didn't and put me on a plane and I started flying to get me somewhere else where I had to learn to be quiet. So, and and now I'm doing, I could see where that all went. Uh, the purpose of that now is to, uh, to write the book, uh, have the radio show, because I was taught how to talk publicly, how to uh, communicate with all, all people, uh, all different kind of cultural backgrounds and ethnicities, and he wanted me, he wanted me to see the the his whole world, all of his people in the world. And and so I see why he had and being in positions uh, from the lowest to what seemed to be the highest back down to the lowest. So I, ner- I learned not OK, I can't plant my feet anywhere because now he's moving me over here. And um, but how how did that get where uh, today that, uh, you know, trying to what? Uh, People that's on the edge. I don't know if I wanted to believe or not to hear things like, um, "Oh, if you believe in in uh, Jesus Christ, everything is wonderful. You won't have a problem." Or, "You just asked and you be rich." And none of this stuff is true. And and, no. and and so when they when they come to the faith, they're looking. Uh, for this, and when all these circumstances uh, happen, because certain things change all the time, uh, it's like a season. Maybe you a season, everything calmed. Then there's a storm. Then you got the winter months. You got the dry months, and that's how our life is. And and when they want to get in it, and then they see it's not what is. Ta- how did this misunderstanding of scripture? In under uh, trying to grasp these circumstances, how did that? Where did that come from?
2: Uh, Hunt, I'll thanks. tell you, it's it's pulling out different parts of scripture as proof texts to uh, what you want to believe. In other words, you you have a set of beliefs, and you. Go to the scripture and you find uh, a section of scripture that kind of supports what you believe, and you say, "Okay, that's what it means." The reality is, uh, if I look at at scripture, um, I don't I don't find biblical characters who have not gone through difficult times. Um, if you go back all the way back in in scripture if you want to go back to adam and eve and then abraham and all of the patriarchs all of the kings uh then come into the new testament uh each of the persons who were involved all of the disciples um uh paul himself each one of those people had periods of difficulty um that they went through, and I look at how did they get through that. It wasn't um, believing in pie in the sky by and by or everything's going to be rosy. <clears throat> it's, uh, when you have a real belief, it means that it's real when you are going through real-life events, including difficulties. Uh,
1: Reverend Ron, the, the same question.
3: I think what we forget, uh, is that religion, uh, that while faith is God's gift, the individual relationship that an individual has with his Lord and Savior is a gift from God. Religion is just a man made institution and they are supper- or subject to the same flaws and fallacies and problems as any other man made institution. Uh, we, if you try to follow the precepts of religion instead of the precepts of God, you're going to be in trouble. And this is where what Pastor Pat was talking about. They'll grab one bit of Scripture and build an entire theology around it and usually interpret it wrong in the process. Billy Graham once said that he would never defend religion. He says, religions have started wars and caused all kinds of problems. What he defended, what he espoused, was the individual relationship between a person and his God based on the true understanding of the Scripture. Uh, Anytime you get any people in any kind of position of power there's always the chance for misinterpreting things or deliberately trying to promote, even in divest of faith, even if they honestly believe this, that they promote a particular view and try to force others to follow it, and that's where we have trouble. Uh God will show you what He wants you to do. He will show you His truth if you study diligently and seek it. And uh that is the basis of all religion. Now, certainly gathering together in a congregation for mutual support, for mutual encouragement, as an excellent thing, a wonderful thing, and Paul advocates that, but the, the, there, we need to make that clear distinction between faith and religion, the one being the gift of God and the other being a man-made institution, which is subject to the same flaws as any other, which is not to say that all religions are horrible or terrible, but that the possibility for that does exist, and we've certainly seen it in a number of occasions.
1: Uh Maybe because uh, this is for me, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not said much that faith is a gift of God, and I know that's in Scripture. I have read that. I even yeah. came to you guys to make sure uh, uh, of that, and I remember uh, Reverend Ron saying, yes, he give you just enough faith to do the task that he have you to do. So in all the circumstances that you're in, that's why you shouldn't focus on that. It's like trying to not focus on that, but stay on task to what the Lord wants you to do. And then with all that other stuff, which he already know, uh, maybe that's the thing. Maybe we don't understand he already knew all this before you was gonna go through it. What do you think?
2: <laughs> well, since yeah. since he's an all knowing God <laughs> Yeah, he knew. Um and he 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 gives you the strength uh to go through it. He is absolutely um right on time. I, I find it uncanny. I, I surprise myself a lot, you know, because you know, I, I read the scriptures, and I preach the scriptures, and then I go through something and say, oh, yeah, you, you know what? You're right, Lord.
1: <laughs> he says, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you you have anything to add to that, Reverend Ron?
3: No, that's pretty much the same situation i as me. I, you know, keep finding situations where God has said what he would do and how things would be with, between you, he and I, and uh, I just try to keep the communications open because there are, you know, I I try to make sure that I have the kind of a relationship with him where I can talk to him when I need to. And I can be sure that what I'm hearing back is from him and not from somebody else. The devil likes to communicate on the same frequency sometimes. And that's where I think a lot of our problem with some of these religious problems have taken place. But the trick is to develop the same kind of an, a relationship a prayer life, if you will, have that with, with the Lord. Uh, if look look back at Abraham, uh, he had the kind of relationship with God where when God said, leave his your country and go to the land I will show you, he didn't even hesitate. He was packing up camels and heading out. And that's the kind of relationship you need to have with God to make sure that what you are hearing is from him and then acting on it.
1: So, in, in other words, it's like our mind, our thoughts are incorrect, because when we're in the circumstance, we really want him to take us out of the yeah, circumstances. Uh, well, David and And we want him to, over it, over. to change it. Yeah. The, yeah. W- w- mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. David expressed that over and over in the Psalms, where he w- was lamenting his situation, and he, 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 God declared him a man after His own heart. And you would think if somebody was going to come through this without any difficulties at all, it would be David. Um, but David lamented in the Psalms, in Psalm 55, he, about the difficulties that he was going through. And then he declared, he said, it wasn't even just my enemies, but it was my, my best friend who betrayed me. <laughs> so, so that's... What he was talking about and throughout the Psalms is you see David expressing his difficulties, and then at the end of the Psalm, where he uh, expresses his relationship with the Lord and how that brings him out of despair and out of the out of the uh, out of the difficulties that he was going through. So uh, David experienced it just as much as any of us have.
1: You have something to add to that, Reverend Ron?
3: I couldn't say it any better than he did. That was, that's <laughs> pretty much the summation of it all.
1: I, I, that was one of the lessons that I had to learn because I'll, uh, every mm, time something um, uncomfortable or very bad or tragic happened, uh, uh, why did you let this happen? That—that's the first thing I—I I would say. What I would say, what did I do? And why are you punishing me for any kind of pain or situation? I didn't understand that. I thought, okay, if I tell him or cry to him or pray to him, he'll automatically take that away. But I have learned over the years, that's not what he does. He He'll walk with you through it. He'll help you through it. And and then i remembered uh Shet, Rat, Meshach Rat Abednego Bendigo he didn't take them out of the fire he was in the fire with them yeah yeah, yeah. and then they got, you know, I, and they got released
2: <laughs> yeah that's how, i mean it, it it doesn't mean that you don't go through difficulties or despairing times because um when my wife first became ill with her her, her bone disease and and it seemed to be getting progressively worse, and we were praying um, and saying, Lord, heal, Lord, heal, and it, it was not happening. And we came to understand that God doesn't always heal one, But I was misinterpreting that as being, okay, Lord, you answer everybody else's prayer, and I know you answer prayer, but do you answer mine?
1: Yeah. And, uh, uh, and he hold kept that saying, thought, Reverend I am. Hold, hold that thought, Reverend Hunt. Uh, uh, it's break time again, and then we'll be right back.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. your organization is looking for a dynamic speaker who presents life issues in a down-to-earth fashion, contact Bernadette Butler, author of Living with Autism. At her website, BeButlerTheAuthor.com, Bernadette's life experiences and love of God will give a lift and hope to all who hear her. While on her site, you can find out about her books, videos, words of praise, joy and love, and many more resources. Visit Bernadette's site today at BeButlerTheAuthor.com. In her recent release, Living with Autism, God, Me, and Melvin, from Page Publishing, author Bernadette Butler creates an autobiographical account of the joys and challenges of raising a child with a developmental disorder, autism, and the profound strength she derived from her faith throughout the journey, from the beginnings to changes in her son's behavior, silence, diagnosis, and the outcome overall. Get your copy of Bernadette's story at Amazon.com or directly from her website at bbutlertheauthor.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time.
1: You're listening to Black Friday, every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow. Evolve. Change.
0: You are listening to Embrace the Unexpected with Bernadette Butler. If you'd like to reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or to reach Bernadette Butler directly, send her a message at her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Now back to Embrace the Unexpected.
1: Uh, Reverend Hunt, I interrupted you, but you were saying about how Miss uh, Linda and the pain and how you were praying and praying that uh the Lord will take the pain away, but he mm. it that didn't happen that way
2: no it it didn't um, not at all and um i I had gotten to the point where I was becoming uh almost discouraged because I was thinking, okay there must be something wrong with me uh because the lord's answering prayers for all these folks you know we we pray in church and <clears throat> i see people getting answers to prayer and um things are not changing in fact they they were getting worse for her and said well i must have done something really really bad um uh, and so uh it was leading to uh a bit of a, a despondency. And, and as I'm reading Scripture and going through all of the, uh, the biblical characters and finding out that they all experienced this and that they were people of prayer and that God answered the prayer through their adversity, not necessarily by relieving the adversity, but taking them through the adversity, and that—that that is an answer to prayer. Um, he doesn't always take it take it all away, but the giving the strength to go through is as much an answer to the prayer as the miracle of taking it away. Um, and it's—it's. It's, I, I had to to learn that, and that, that God answers our prayers in lots and lots of different ways that that we don't expect. It's it's not what we would want, necessarily, um, because it, it's not that God always gives us what we want, but he is there with us in going through it. Um, that was a hard lesson for me. Um, I preached that in many, 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 many years, and then I had to learn the reality of it for myself.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you, Reverend Ron?
3: what's um, the best way to put this. <laughs> <laughs> it is a matter of understanding that you are going to have difficulties, and that these difficulties are to direct you in another way. I you know back in the early '80s, I went—I had had pretty much success with my career, my life, and everything else up until that point. And all of a sudden, again, as I was going in this direction that God didn't want me to go, things started going poorly, and I ended up losing a job and several—you know—everything else. And having to basically start things back over again. It was like the Lord almost had to strip me down to the basics before he could begin to rebuild me. And it took me a while to realize that that was where that was coming from and that was the purpose of that. But once I did, I was able to buy into it and try to, again, maintain that relationship that I talked about where, okay, you want me to go here, Lord? Is that really you? Are we sure? Yes. Okay, then we'll do that.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
3: And that's pretty much what I've been trying to do for the rest, of, for uh, since then, for the last 35 years or so. And I uh,
1: struggled with um, Melvin. I I prayed and prayed and wailed and cried and begged and and then I said, Why aren't you healing him? Uh, and please take that autism away. Uh, and, and it didn't happen for him. Every morning I would wake up anticipating, Okay, he's healed. It's going to be gone. And it 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 wasn't. And it was like my heart would break all over again. And then I would get in that despair, like, what's going to happen to my son? Who's going to love him if I'm gone? Uh, If the Lord takes me tomorrow, who will love my son? Who will take care of my son? And so that, oh, that worried. uh, I, I, I used to be worried about that. And. I think that's why God kept me busy in that too, because if when I stayed busy in helping other people, I didn't have time to focus on my uh circumstances because now my focus is also helping other helping other people and comforting other mothers yeah. that needed comforted and uh, I start finding that comforting them, also uh, uh, com- comforted me in in my pain, and it was almost like I was uh, they were drawing for me, but I was drawing that same uh uh for, from them, and then I uh, then I come to uh, finally like you did, Reverend Hunt, say okay. Melvin is not going to be healed of this autism. So now what? So yeah. I I have to do the best that I could in directing him to make him stable and then to make sure that I not live a life of worry about my about my son and and the circumstances that he's uh, walking through. And I had to come to realize God knew all this before Melvin was born. This is what was going to happen. And it took me a while to really understand that. But he already had the plan and and the steps that he was uh, ordered for Melvin as well as for myself. Because oftentimes, you know, I say, how could he tell me I am a man and I need my own space? Where did that come from? How did he think of that? And then I had to let go in all that pain and circumstances. I had to let that go and start trusting in God and say, he, uh, remember, he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. So he will never leave Melvin. He will never forsake him.
2: Yeah, and knowing your story, uh, you know about Melvin and where he is now, uh, I see abundant evidence of him taking care of Melvin, even when when you're not physically present there. And so he's answered the prayer. What would happen uh, to Melvin when I'm not there? Well, he's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He sure. <laughs> he hasn't gone anywhere.
1: <laughs> no, he isn't, and he's he's taking care of Melvin.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I I love listening to your story because it's it's an encouragement to say, okay, uh, I'm here in Ohio. Melvin is in California. Is God as real, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away as he is here? Well, yeah, he's still mm-hmm. God. Whether he's on the other side of the United States, or the other side of the world, he's still God. Um, and and uh, so it, it doesn't matter. Location doesn't matter. The power of God is still evident everywhere that we are.
1: How, how, do, you, how do we get, how do we show non-believers this very conversation? what it how do we express that without pointing fingers or fussing or uh, getting into a debate with them what what is the best way to show uh the the realization of the existence of god
2: well i don't want to necessarily dominate this conversation but i believe you live it i i don't necessarily believe in in debating with people about the reality of God, and because I, I'm not sure that you win anybody over by uh, debating with them. I believe you win people because of witness and about the reality of a relationship with God and that how he is working in me as a believer and in you as a believer, um, that God is real and evident in our lives and it's and it's de- demonstrable,
1: uh, Reverend Ron?
3: I well, you've heard me preach it a number of times that it is how you you know, people are not going to listen to what you say; they're going to watch what you do. Uh, non-believers don't read the Bible; they read Christians, mm-hmm. and it's how you live and what you do to demonstrate your belief that is going to make the difference in their lives. You have to live a life so that people will wonder, "Why are you like that? How?" How can you do that? How can you be the way you are after the things you went through with Melvin? And that's when you can say that it's your faith in the Lord that has given you that, and maybe that's something that they will decide that they want. It's Mm -hmm. like that quote from St. Francis of Assisi I've been preaching since you you guys are probably sick of it, is that (laughs) him telling his followers that they should preach the gospel continually, 24-7, 365, and that when necessary, they should use words. (laughs) (laughs) the life that you lead the example that you set is the true way to evangelize or the best way to evangelize you certainly need to give them the knowledge once they've asked the question about why are you like that and shown an interest in coming to the lord but i believe you will get more people to do that by how you live than how you talk or what you propose because when you talk a particular way you know that at some point you are not going to walk exactly as you talk and they'll see the failure Mm. And sometimes that means more to them than all the other successes. But if you are making your emphasis be your life and how you live, and it becomes something that they're that's attractive to them, then you can show that it's the result of your relationship with God.
1: Now we have uh, almost less than two minutes in closing, so uh, each one of you have a, uh, just a couple of seconds for. A uh, last remark uh, that you might want to share, starting with Reverend Hott.
2: Well, I'll just say this: um, uh, I have learned uh, to love my wife even more now than than the day we got married. Even through all of this difficulty, that has I've learned not to look at the distraction. Uh, and that, if I could say anything, is that keep keep your mind off of the distraction because that's going to divert your attention. And there's a reality of a love relationship between you and the Lord and you and your your loved one.
1: Uh, Reverend, Ron, Reverend Ron, we have a. I would go ahead. A, a minute to go. go yeah, ahead. I would.
3: I would just echo what Pastor Pat had said that you these are. are opportunities to build relationships both with you and and among the people involved and with the Lord. And we need to take them and realize them for what they are.
1: Well, uh, uh, on behalf of uh, Embrace the Unexpected, I want to thank uh, you, Reverend Hunt, and you, Reverend Ron, for being on my show today. I I really have enjoyed the conversation. Uh, the audience don't know that, uh, and throw me in, if we all can talk, you don't know how I had to control myself watching my time, because <laughs> I could have asked both of you some more questions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I I thank you so much and in uh and I enjoyed and and it's always a good lesson uh in what uh, what you share. So I thank you both. Uh and you too, Reverend Ron, even though you're a troublemaker, that we did get you on and I'm glad that that was able to happen. <laughs> God bless,
2: I'm
3: gonna be hearing about this forever, aren't I, Bernadette? Yes. <laughs> well thank you for having me. Although you'll probably <laughs> never have me again after all this, but anyway. <laughs> uh,
2: thank he you. Knew. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. He knew as thank sure you. as he placed the stars in the sky, he knew as the wind blows from the east to the west, he knew as the sun rises and the moon shines at night, he knew. He knew what would be and all that would enable me before I understood. He knew no place to close yourself away. No cover to hide thoughts before a word was uttered. He knew. Thank you uh, for listening to Embrace the Unexpected, your host, Bernadette Butler. Uh, see you. I uh, hope you tune in next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Embrace the Unexpected. Be sure to join your host, Bernadette Butler, for another episode next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great weekend.